the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Hoo-ha. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living life like it matters. And man, as you take a nice deep breath into the nose, ah, what is that I smell? No, it's not my producer. It's change. (laughs) The smell in the air is change. And, you know, change is the one constant in life. You know, if we don't like the results we are getting, then we change the approach. As we change the approach, we change the results. We call those recipes. And if you don't like the recipe, the end result of a recipe, you alter the recipe a little bit and the end result is altered. Logical. And basic science, you know, when you do something different, you get something different, right? I mean, it makes sense. And we must be aware that when we change our beliefs and our values, when we lose our existential drive, then the outcome will be different. But it will be changed. However, the question is, will it be better? Change just for the change's sake is usually disastrous. If we look at our lives, our relationships, our country, let's be honest, a lot has changed. Man, over the last 30, 40, 50 years, but a lot has changed over the last 12 years since that guy was in office. But let's be honest, a lot has changed since somehow 20 million, quote, mail-in voters put Joe Biden in office, getting more votes than any other person in the history of the world. That's where they got carried away. What? They were so worried about Trump's uh, 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 draw, they didn't know how many millions of votes they had to put in the mail. And so they had to put as many as possible to make sure that they could keep Nancy Pelosi's promise that he will not be reelected. And so change for change's sake... Man, it doesn't always work out, does it? Anybody but Trump. Anybody but Trump, right? And be careful. Some of you in a marriage. Anybody but my spouse. Anybody but my spouse. Whoops. Some of you in a parental relationship. Anybody but my kid. Anybody but my kid. Don't you see what happens? When The old saying used to be when the, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. But now when the going gets tough, we go to an attorney. We go to a civil rights attorney to see if we've been offended, to see if we've been mistreated, to see if someone owes us something, to see who we can sue, to sue who we can get canceled, to see who we can get a, a little mark by their name, a little time out on social media, right? It's crazy what's going on. 
we must get back to the basics because change just to change can sometimes turn out much worse, much more unresourceful. The old saying is the grass is greener on the other side. Trust me, you know, 50% of first marriages break up. But why don't you check out the stats for second marriages? The number's higher. Because we want to blame everybody else. And we run from adversity. We run from things that can change us. But we need to know that adversity can make us better. It kind of reminds me of a story. One of my favorite stories, as a matter of fact. And now, story time with Mr. Black. It's a story about a woman in a china shop. And she was admiring the beautiful china. And she looked around, her eyes stuck on this beautiful teacup. It, it, it happened to be the most beautiful teacup she'd ever saw. And just like a Disney-esque movie, that little teacup came to life. And the woman says, uh, I, I don't mean to stare, but I'm just admiring you. I, I'd never seen such a beautiful vessel. And the cup responded, I wasn't always this way. It said, my first recollection was I was just this big old lump of clay on a shelf in the potter's house. And I remember these two large hands coming at me and they took me off the potter's shelf and they put me on the potter's table. And it was strange because I'd never seen these two large hands before. I'd never been moved from where I was. And so as the two large hands put me on the potter's table, uh, they approached me again and they started pulling on me and forming me and shaping me. It was uncomfortable. I didn't like it. I said, stop. And that powerful, soft voice said, not yet. And it continued to form me and shape me. And then it stopped. And after a while, those two large hands came at me again, but this time they had something in its hands. And it threw me into a fire. What did I do? I was just sitting there. I was on a shelf minding my own business. And now I'm in a fire. Get me out of here. It's not fair. What did I do wrong? And this powerful, calming voice said, not yet, as he left me in the fire. And after a while, the two large hands then pulled me out of the fire. And they put me back on the potter's table. And it made no sense what had just happened. And then these two large hands came at me again with this brush. This, and stroke by stroke, he started putting stuff on me. And it was sticky. And it was gooey. And I didn't like it. And I said, stop. And with each brush stroke, he said, not yet. Not yet. As he continued to paint me. And after a while, he stopped. And it felt good to be left alone. And, and I pondered. What is this all about? And as I was thinking about this, he threw me into another fire. But this one was twice as hot. It made no sense. What did I do wrong? Why don't you like me? Let me out of here. And he kept saying, not yet. Not yet. I'm not finished with you yet. And after a while, he took me out of the fire. And he put me back on the potter's table. And, 
And it made no sense. And as I'm thinking about this, he came at me again with those two large hands and he picked me up and he put me back on the shelf. What was that all about? What did I do wrong? Why is he mad at me? What's wrong with me? And as I'm considering all these possibilities, again, these two large hands approached me. Well, this time they had something in their hands. It was a mirror. Because he wanted to show me just how beautiful he had made me. Ladies and gentlemen, adversity is the food that allows us to grow into the leaders that we're called to be. See, God meets us where we're at, but he never leaves us where we're at. Remember, there are three zones that we can choose to live in life. There's the comfort zone. Beyond that zone is the zone called fear. And beyond that zone is the zone called intense fear, panic. And the key to life is that we must step out of our comfort zone on a regular basis. It is our comfort zone where things go to die. It is our comfort zone where we go stale and stagnant. It is our comfort zone that is God's against. We are not on this planet to be comfortable. We are not on this planet to be happy. We are not on this planet, so this planet makes us the center of its universe. We are on this planet to serve, to save, to share the good news, to give people hope, to be a great example, to see a need, to meet a need, to make this world a bit better, whether by a healthy child or redeemed social condition, to have played and laughed with enthusiasm and sung with exaltation, to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. This is to truly have succeeded. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about a brave new America. We'll be right back. Does it always smell like this? How does the wind ever get in here? Leadership Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult. And I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Freedom 1570 is proud to air the Pledge of Allegiance every weekday morning. 
If you're a veteran, current service member, or a first responder, we would like to honor your service by having you recite the pledge. If you're interested, please call us today, and we'll book a time for you to visit our studios. The number is 651-289-4410. That's 651-289-4410. Then join us for the pledge each weekday morning at 730. Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at minneapolis.salemsurround.com. When I attended the Leadership Awakening Workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal, you know the, you know the thing. You don't matter. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black, and you are back being under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. What does under construction mean? That means we're going to be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today. See, we're not on this plan to be comfortable, and yet so many people want to be comfortable. They want to be normal. They want to be happy. If those are what you're shooting for in life, comfortable, normal, or happy, I'm going to tell you right now, you're missing the mark. You're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to be satiated. You're never going to have that uh, proverbial uh, afterglow cigarette, you know. (laughs) It's just never going to happen. You're never going to hit that high note because that comes from pushing through tough situations. It is in strength training. When you learn how you take a heavy weight and you don't work to move it 20 or 30 times, that's if you want to get endurance. But if you want to get strength, you put a lot of weight on there and you move it a couple times. And then you put more weight on and you move it a couple times. And when you move it, it's a strain. It's a struggle. It's hard. It's not easy. It's uncomfortable. And guess what you're doing? You're building muscle mass. You're building muscle memory. You're building for tomorrow. That when a stronger situation comes against you, you will be stronger by having dealt with the last one. This is how adversity builds our strength. There's a great poem uh, from Alfred Noyes, a good one of my favorite poets. He says, strength through adversity. Stand like a beaten anvil when thy dream is laid upon thee golden from the fire. Flinch not. Though heavily through that furnace gleam, the black forge hammers fall on thy desire. 
Demoniac giants round thee seem to loom. Tis but the worldsmith's heaving to and fro. Stand like a beaten anvil, take the doom. Their ponderous weapons deal thee blow on blow. Needful the truth as do fall to the flower is this wild wrath and this implacable scorn. For every paying new beauty and new power, burning blood red shall on thy heart be born. Stand like a beaten anvil, let earth's wrong beat on that iron and ring back in song. See, ladies and gentlemen, that's what we need to get back to. We need to get back to strength training. You know, having nothing to struggle against gives us nothing to struggle for. You lack discipline. Yeah, Charles Bukowski talked about that. Bad things do happen, Walter Anderson said. How I responded defines my character and the quality of my life. I can choose to sit in perpetual sadness, immobilized by the gravity of my loss, or I can choose to rise from the pain and treasure, the most precious gift I have, life itself. Think about this. Spending time looking for what is missing in your life is futile, uh, Nicholas Janowski said. If you fail to look within yourself, when we challenge everything we believe we are, we reveal that which we never knew about our own selves. And lastly, a hippie from a memory of a cutter, Snowflake Obsidian, says this, I've noticed in my life that the people who act as my angels are not some strange, angelic creatures that seem almost untouchable, but are more real than that. They are people who have tasted sorrow, who have felt pain, in a way that makes them capable of being an angel. In their darkest moments, they have become strong. Amen. You got to realize this is how we work. We get grown. We get developed. I'm listening to the book uh, by Adolph Huxley. Uh, uh, stunning, uh, stunning. A brave new world, and, and to see how all of us are conditioned in the future world that we're all basically put into five categories, and we're all preconditioned, uh, pre-narratives are implanted. A repetition of message over and over and over. It was written almost a hundred years ago and stunning today. Stunning that back in that time that people no longer fear anything. People are comfortable. It's a Soma diet. Uh, anything gets to you, just take some Soma. You just relax. Don't let anything get to you. Don't worry about it. It's all been pre-planned. It's all been pre-taken care of. Just have a lot of drugs and have a lot of sex. That's what the whole thing's about, and everything else is taken care of by big government, by big brother. You're, you're handled from the cradle to the, to the tomb. It's all handled. Stunning. With the computer. Yeah, stunning, this whole thing. And it reminds me of, you know, I talk a lot about Mozart's brain and fire pilot. Dr. Richard Restack, he's a neurologist, he's a neuropsychiatrist, clinical professor of neurology. This guy's pretty impressive. And he does a lot of research into how the mind works. And we are conditioned creatures. Remember, we only use 3 to 5% of our brain consciously. The rest is at the unconscious level. It's programming. And so our unconscious mind, our unconscious brain is waiting for new programming. Absent of new programming, it will run the program in place. And man, we are being programmed, ladies and gentlemen. It's like from his book, he gives an example of animals. And we're, we're just a higher form of animals because we have a spirit. Uh, Joseph Ledoux, uh, his research in emotion says this, fear occurs before you know what you're afraid of. Fear is this big thing. And Joseph Ledoux explained that fear just happens out of nowhere. It's a chemical response. 
and he used an example of a laboratory study. He said, if a rat in a cage is exposed to a sound, that animal initially orients itself toward and pays attention to the sound. But after a few repetitions, the rat ignores it. However, the animal will respond once again if the sound is paired with an electrical shock. After a few repetitions of this pairing of sound and shock, the rat begins to display signs of fear whenever it hears the sound alone. It stops what it's doing and freezes in place. The animal's only detectable movement consists of the rhythmic chest excursions that accompany breathing. In addition, the rat's fur stands on end. Its blood pressure and heart rate increases, and stress hormones pour into the bloodstream. This is the chemical reaction of the body based on our feelings. And feelings are nothing more than a chemical response to what we're thinking about, our breathing, and our physiology. In a word, that rat is now conditioned. Ladies and gentlemen, we are that rat. We are being conditioned. We're being told that the truth is a lie and the lie is a truth. And nobody responds to reality. What responders are map of reality. We don't respond to what's going on. We respond to what we believe is going on. Again, in a word, that rat is not dealing with reality. That rat has been conditioned so that the sound, when presented alone, will elicit the, elicit the fear response. This response is not different than what occurs when the rat encounters its natural enemy, the cat. He goes on to say, we humans can be fear conditioned too. And it happens every day if you watch MSNBC or CNN. It happens every day if you listen to state-run media. This is not political. This is factual. Wake up. You are being programmed. Read the book 1984. Read the book uh, A Brave New World. I mean, perfect example. It's in the news. No, not that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Can we get on with that? (laughs) I'm talking about Elon Musk. Elon Musk bought Twitter. Why? He's a free speech advocate. Now, unless you're a bleeding heart liberal, unless you're bought in the shoes, uh, a Biden mail-in voter, unless you're that from that side of the aisle, deeply ingrained in in race-based thinking, then you know that Twitter, Facebook, all social media is against you. They ban us. Uh, they don't allow us to talk. They put us in jail. They uh, give opinion on everything we say. They block our posts. They do all that. They block Joe Biden's uh, laptop posts about Hunter Biden, all the stuff that we're finding out. They protect Joe Biden at all costs. We have state-run media just like China and Russia do. Uh, you know, we have a couple of clips. Why don't you play clip number one so they know what we're talking about? You own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. I mean, Elon Musk calls himself a a free speech absolutist. Well, first of all, that's BS, because he has a long history of literally threatening to sue bloggers who say things he doesn't like about him or who post things about Tesla. He is sort of going to unleash the trolls, right? I think he is saying, you get to say whatever you want. I'm going to take away the guardrails. It seems to me that it's about free speech of straight white men. And so let them have it. Reminds me of old Bond movies where, you know, Dr. Evil and guys like that or Goldfinger were, were going to take over the media. I just, it, my tummy meter says there's something just not great about this. Could easily be accomplished with a computer. 
Well, it's stunning. Zuckerberg, who owns Facebook, social media, he's a billionaire, uh, spent half a billion dollars putting Democratic operatives in election headquarters all over the country. Half a billion dollars that turned the election, a 501c3 that they were supposed to allow for, you know, COVID this and COVID that. And all they did was basically control the outcome of the election. You got the Washington Post that's owned by the owner of Amazon, a billionaire. He got divorced and he's still a multi-billionaire, one of the richest men in the world. And he owns one of the largest newspapers around, liberal. And again, 98% of all donations that come from Amazon, that come from Facebook, that come from Twitter, 98 plus percent all go to Democrats. This, this is what I'm saying about, ladies and gentlemen, it's okay if you're on that side of the aisle. But this is about controlling the narrative, controlling what's going on in your head and heart. And realize it's okay that things don't go well. It's okay to have to fight for what you believe. Now, I'm not fighting with guns and ammunition. I'm talking about with critical thinking, using your words, being able to have a conversation with someone, logically define why you believe what you believe and what does it mean. You know, it's in times like this that we got to go back to the basics. What made us great? What was our focus? God, country, family, how we can take the bad things that happen to his life and makes us better, how we need to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off and hit it again. There's a reason for adversity. And after the break, we're going to go into it. I'm Black. We'll be right back. Use your head, man. Take a listen to these words about Like It Matters Leadership Awakening from a recent attendee. Leadership Awakening is like nothing else. It's incomparable to any other training that I've been through, and that's executive professional communication training to to how to hold a fork. the, The Leadership Awakening is a deep mental experience where I was forced to challenge my mind in a way that I've never been challenged before and it's there's nothing like it there's 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 no way to explain it with words you have to experience it leadership awakening change your heart change your mind change your life go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next leadership awakening it's not only changing lives it's saving lives that's likeitmatters.net slash schedule In his latest book, Eric Metaxas presents the unraveling of atheism. Findings so compelling, we're bringing him to the Twin Cities to talk about it. Join us for Is Atheism Dead? A discussion with Eric Metaxas, April 28th at Plymouth Covenant Church. He'll present remarkable new evidence backed by science that defeats the idea of a creatorless universe. His quick wit will make the event come to life. Reserve your seats today at freedom1570.com. Supported by GTS HVAC. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we 
get that backhoe over here. At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the daily radio show, Like It Matters, at 11 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. If Fauci came out tomorrow and said, wear your underwear inside out <laughs> and put on a Viking hat with horns, the entire Upper West Side of Manhattan would, would do it. Silence! I will not tolerate your insolence! Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio Like It Matters. Inspiration, education, application. And yes, it is wear your underwear on your head and your Viking hat day. And man, if I just had a, a, a camera that you could see with my underwear on my head and my yeah. Minnesota Vikings helmet on, yeah. it's uh, did you hear? That's what uh, Tucker told us, right? You mean that's not true? John, oh my gosh, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> I mean, that's silly. That's the same thing that we do in life. We just listen to other people and we allow their reality to become our reality. And this is where you got to get your power. Remember the, the presupposition of requisite variety, the law of requisite variety, says any element in a system with the most flexibility has the most power. You're supposed to be that element. That's who you're supposed to be. You can't control what happens to you. But you have absolute control of what happens in you. In you, you got to understand the difference in the preposition. It's kind of like early on, uh, they had all these huge numbers of COVID. Now they're readjusting the COVID numbers because they lied. They lied to make you afraid. Why? Because there's a huge difference of people who died from COVID and people who died with COVID. See, one of them, someone's going to coronary disease are 95 years old they're on their last breath they have bad heart they've had six surgeries they've had cancer all this and they're on their last days long before covid ever happened and so they wind up dying and then they get tested a pcr test whatever that's called and now all of a sudden it shows that that body had the antibodies for covid so that person who died also had covid they could have been asymptomatic, could have even known they had COVID, but it was present. And so that person would be listed under died from COVID. But they didn't die from COVID. They died from old age. They died because their body was worn out. But they did have COVID in their system when they took their last breath. We got to understand that we can't control what happens to us, especially if you're a child of God. We're a stranger in a foreign land. We are ambassadors in chains. They crucified Christ. If you love God, the world's going to hate you. If you have love of the God, love of God in you, then the world is going to be against you. That's what Scripture says. That means there's going to be adversity. And what God says is, listen, I'm going to take all the unfairness, all the unjustness, all the things that should have never happened to any human being, 
And if you will humble yourself, and if you will allow mercy and grace, then I'm going to take that and I'm going to help you get better from it, even though it never should have happened. And you will grow. And in the process, you'll learn to have mercy and grace. You'll learn how to have empathy to walk a mile in someone else's moccasins. You'll understand that you too have struggled. You too have had days that are not your best. You too have showed up in ways in certain moments in time that if that's how you were judged, your judgment would not be good. And because you've struggled, because you've stumbled, because you've fallen, because you've had to time after time after time after time, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and hit it again and again and again. When someone else is going through the same misery, the same struggle, you look at it differently. You have empathy. You have compassion. You have mercy. You have grace. See, this is where we got to be careful because what we believe is what we listen to over and over and over and over. And ladies and gentlemen, you got to shut out the world, especially if you're a child of God. This system of the world is any process that is against God. And you don't know what I'm talking about? And you hear it 24-7. It's all on social media. It's all over. We got a second half of that first clip. Why don't we play the second clip for him, John? Right now, Elon Musk has the privilege of being a heckler, posing as a free speech warrior. But what he's about to become is a massive content moderator on one of the biggest platforms. What will it mean for our society and our democracy that one of the biggest social media companies in the world will only be accountable to that one guy and what he considers free speech? Is there any danger in a Twitter owned by Elon Musk? Misinformation and disinformation could be amplified considerably. There have been modest, slight efforts by some of these platforms to solve an actual free speech issue, which is that so many human beings feeling so unsafe, being bullied, being harassed, mm-hmm. being brigaded, being doxxed for the crime of being female or of color or both. Yep. You trust Elon Musk to make Twitter better for women? No, I, I don't trust Elon Musk to make Twitter better for women at all. Isn't that amazing? See, it's the ones that they choose. Oh, it's not fair for one man. Well, isn't that what Zuckerberg does? Zuckerberg's one man. Now, that last clip was from Fox News, a super cut. Fox News had a whole bunch of different takes on that. But, you know, it's it's crazy. But if that's all you listen to, if that's what you believe, and yet those of us that are white Christians are doxxed every day. Those of us that are Trump supporters are doxxed every day. Those of us that believe that this there was fraud in this last election, and it's been proven, are doxed daily, are shut out, are told that our views aren't right. We've never had a head of content moderators. When I grew up, it was always, we have a freedom of speech in this country. And the only thing you can't do is you can't yell fire in a crowded building. It's stunning. We didn't have other people telling us what we could say, what we couldn't say. Now, all of a sudden, since the Biden era, now we have Facebook and Twitter. And now they're going crazy because Elon Musk, someone who's a free speech, he's a liberal. I think 96 or 97 percent of all his board, all that support Democrats. You might want to look. He's not a conservative Republican. He he might be something else, but he's not what you think he is. He's all about free speech. And what's been going on social media is not free speech if you're conservative. If you're a homosexual, if you're LGBTQT, if you're progressive liberal, 
if you're a black person who goes to a, quote, Christian church but lives in CRT land in 1619 you ain't and black. all the hate and bitterness, yeah, well, you ain't a Christian. So I might not be black, but you ain't a Christian because God's pretty clear. If you don't forgive, you're not forgiven. That's pretty clear. So instead of running from adversity, instead of having the police keep everybody from a different point of view, what if we learned how to use adversity to our guidelines? Why do you think in the military, when you go to the military, you go to boot camp? It's 8 to 12 weeks, depending on which branch, where they squeeze you. They put a lot of pressure on you. Uh, they, 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 they put you in a gas chamber with a mask on, and they make you take off your mask. How stupid is that? Why? Do you understand? Because they want you to know. Yeah, they want you to know that that mask will save your butt if there's ever a chemical attack. And so you go into that gas chamber with a mask on, and you're breathing. You can feel it itching your skin. I remember it when I was, I was 17 years old when I went through the gas chamber. And the skin is itchy, and the, you can smell. There's a smell in the air, uh, and it feels weird on your skin. It's very suffocating. And then the sergeant in the room says, take off your mask. And now why, how stupid is that? Why would you go into a tear gas chamber when you have a device that is protecting that from getting in your lungs, getting in your nose? How stupid would you have to be to take that off? It's not stupid. It's actually teaching you how to have confidence in that mask. It's teaching you that that mask in time of adversity will benefit you greatly. You take the mask off so you can see what the mask does. And ladies and gentlemen, we used to have freedom of speech. We used to have a freedom of press. We used to have honest and fair elections. None of that's happening now. And just because you're on the side of Biden, you shouldn't be accepting this. This is not who we are. The love of God has always been a foundation of this country. And now God is a, a, a leader of a hate group. Now Jesus Christ, his words are considered hate speech. Ladies and gentlemen, look in the mirror. Something's not right. We're taking this adversity and we're making ourselves snowflakes. Instead of taking this adversity and making us stronger, better, more powerful, like the $6 million man, we can rebuild them better. According to Solomon, there's an extraordinary purpose to the type of adversity or conflict that comes into our lives that is beyond our control. That purpose is to melt away the outer crust of common rock that surrounds our souls and hearts and produce, refine, and reveal the character within. Exceptional attributes emerge that cannot be developed by any other means except adversity. Like the refining process of gold or silver, the result of this is that we become much stronger emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. Rocks containing minute quantities of gold are worth a few dollars per ton. Refined gold, though, is worth thousands of dollars per ounce. Similarly, conflict, adversity are the smelting processes that can create or refine our true character. And all the powerful attributes that attend such character – Attributes like patience and compassion, kindness and courage, faith and perseverance, loyalty, integrity, love. They come from the fire. They don't come without the fire. So rather than being angered, discouraged, or resentful of adversity and conflict, we should embrace them for the benefits and opportunities they provide. That's what America used to stand for. Without the fires of adversity and conflict, there is no refining process for our character, for our heart. So each time we encounter adversity, we have a choice to make. Either we can give in to it and become discouraged and angry 
and become a progressive and say the government has to take care of me and anybody that doesn't agree with me is evil and bad. Or we can choose to be patient and look to the long-term benefits that may result. Whether we make a conscious choice or choose by default, the choice is ours nonetheless. Choosing the first path will make us bitter and guarantee our sense of loss. Choosing the latter will make us better and stronger. And that's from the book called The Richest Man Who Ever Lived by Stephen K. Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to go back to basics. In football, we have boot camp. We have two-a-days. In military, we have boot camp. It's time to get strengthened for the journey. It's time to get knocked on our butts. And without feeling sorry for ourselves, pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and hit again. A righteous man will stumble seven times but get back up. But the wicked will stumble into ruin. I'm Black. We'll be right back. Do you understand? Leadership Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult. And I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. To do you right, we take time for a barbecue flavor that will blow your mind. Get that Rack Shack attack. Isn't it time you trade your old salt hog for a new wet technology water softener from Commerce? Commerce will give you $400 for your old softener and haul it away, too. Save salt, save water, and your back. Go to Commerce.com. Commerce Water. That's Commerce.com. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening. For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career. I spent time in supervision and management, so I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program. I went back later on as a facilitator, so I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. You know, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. 
Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. One of the ways you get street cred is victimhood. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. Ladies and gentlemen, the battle is in the mind. It is for your thoughts. It is for your heart. As Joe Biden said in the last election, boy, did we didn't know how prophetic it was. He was fighting for the soul of America. And where he's taken our soul uh, is to Beelzebub. It ain't to Jehovah. Not a it ain't joke. to Yahweh. It ain't to Adonai or El Shaddai. Uh, it ain't to Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, uh, Jehovah Shalom, uh, Jehovah Shema. No, it's to Beelzebub. This is the problem. We don't make God in our image. God made man in his image. That's where we have it bass backwards. And you've got to realize what's going on. We're being programmed. There's an existential crisis going on. The word existential, I, I love words. You know that. I'm an etymologist by trade. Existential. Don't you hear existence and essence? Existential. It's right there. Existential. What is the meaning of life? What is the meaning, essence of existence? That's what it means. Who am I, essentially? What is my true nature, essence? What is my true identity? Who am I? What is my greater purpose? How should I live my life? What is death? What happens when we die? Is there a God? And if so, what is his or her nature? Highly recommend a book uh, read decades ago. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Uh, Frank Turek and uh, I don't remember who the other guy was. Turek and Geisel, I think it was. Norm, Norman Geisler, I think it is. Uh, if there's one book outside of the Bible that I would give to anybody to want to answer the God question, that's it. But it's not easy reading. It starts with logic. What a concept. Creative thinking. Uh, constructive thinking. Could there be a God? Is there truth? If there was truth, what would it be? If there was a God, what would those qualities need to be? If there are any religions out there that follow after that God, which ones are they? And, and it goes through logically before it ever even talks about God. Could there be a God? Is there truth? Is truth relative? Is two plus two for, four for me, but for you, you can make it something else? Wrong. It's logic. See, the problem is most people aren't looking for a reason to believe. They're looking for a reason not to believe. In a world of moral ambiguity, a world of gray areas instead of moral black and whites, good versus evil, how do I make moral choices? How do I choose between two competing bad choices or how do I choose between two competing good crises? See, existential, I'm sorry, choices, existential crisis. Most of us don't walk around every day asking these questions. We just go about our day simply existing. And then we're being distracted. Shiny object, squirrel, Netflix, porn, soma, pot, alcohol, uh, 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 DoorDash, uh, all this stuff, all these little gig economies, constantly being busy, stream this, stream that, post this, post that. We're getting so busy, and then we need liquid or smoke to get us to sleep, liquid or smoke to wake us up. It's a brave new world. 
We need to go back to what made us who we are, and that's adversity. There is pain in childbirth. There is pain in a child growing. There is pain in a child exiting the womb. There is pain in the mother. It is through pain that we grow. It is through pain that we stop and take a look at things. Pain is a great motivator. Neuroassociative conditioning says that we're either moving to pleasure or moving away from pain. Ouch. Kate Julian wrote an article for The Atlantic. I assume she's liberal. What happened to America's childhood? And Julian highlighted a new treatment out of Yale University Child Study Center called SPACE. What SPACE stands for is an acronym, Supportive Parenting for Anxious Childhood Emotions. See, what we're doing is we're creating anxious children. So everybody's on drugs. Uh, you know, one-third of the country now has a, a, a mental disorders, right? You can't uh, stop anybody that's attacking cop because even though they're killing someone, even though they're raping someone, even though they're slicing them up, it's only because they had mental health issues. So Come it's really on, not man. their fault, right? It's simply. So simple space, supportive parenting for anxious childhood emotions. Put simply, space forces parents to be less accommodating. Isn't that great? Instead of more accommodating, because we live in a world that if someone's five years old uh, and they're having a little bit of uncertainty, you should let them do whatever they want. Uh, And of course, a 12-year-old, 13-year-old girl who's going through her first period, or a boy who's getting hair in his private parts, who's having all these hormones attack him, they're confused, they're awkward, like every single teenager. My lips were twice as big as my face growing up. I I didn't grow into my lips until my 20s. I used to have big old lips that would flap in the wind. And now I got full lips, beautiful lips. But man, at 16, 17 years old, I should have had a lip surgery. And cut them all down. But little did I know that my body was going to grow into those lips someday. And then if I would have got my lips put down smaller to match my little 17-year-old body as I got bigger, I would look like I had no lips. And that's what's happening today. We're going through a little dysphoria, a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit of confusion. Our body's growing. Our body's changing. There's chemicals. There's hormones. The world is changing. America's changing. They want us to be confused. They want us to be off balance. And now let's just solve it medically. Let's become a medical patient for the rest of our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to overcome we got to realize that's in diversity that we grow. It's in adversity that we grow as well. We always talk about diversity. We always want to talk about diversity and the university, but we need some adversity. That's where we need to grow. We need to be less accommodated. We need to learn to struggle and how to overcome. We need to learn how to make something happen when we have very little. We need to learn how to make things stretch that aren't stretchable. This is how you learn to think outside the box. This is how you grow outside your comfort zone. So in this space program where parents are forced to be less accommodating, what a concept. If a girl is afraid of dogs, you know what they do? They encourage her to play with young puppies. If the boy hates vegetables, they caramelize the heck out of some broccoli and make him eat it. This sort of advice is infinitely easier to type than to put in practice. But folding a bit of exposure therapy into modern parenting in childhood might help teenagers grapple with a complex and stressful world. Let's go back to the basics. You got to realize that's what we're dealing with. The fiery furnace is a good thing. You're dealing with three things, three words, and words matter. You know, we hear this word wokeness, wokeness. Well, Elon Musk gave a great definition. You know what he defined wokeness as? I love this etymological definition. Wokeness gives people a shield to be mean and cruel, armored in false virtue. That's what it is. It's a shield to be mean and cruel, 
but it's pretending like you're the virtuous one. And so let me give you three words to let you leave this show with today. Flux, dross, and precious. What? See, flux. Flux is a treatment that they put on a metal object with a flux to promote melting. See, and then you have dross. Dross is metallurgy, the scum or unwanted material that forms on the surface of molten material. It's waste of foreign matter. It's impurity, something that is base, trivial, or inferior. And then we have something called precious. And precious is such a beautiful world, word of great value or high price, precious jewels, highly esteemed or cherished, precious friends, excessively refined. Got my point? See, what they do is they take precious metal. And what makes it precious is there's gold, there's silver, there's something of high value in there, something precious. But attached to it is this stuff that has no value. It's called dross. And so what we do is we take this piece of precious metal with all this other stuff that takes away its value, and we put it with some flux. Remember, flux is a treatment that allows and promotes the melting of an object. And so you put it under high pressure. And now with this pressure, this rock, this precious metal that consists of high-value stuff and stuff of no value is melted by the flux and the pressure. Why? So it separates. So now we can separate that which has no value from that which has great value. And what you're left with is that which is precious. Benjamin Elijah Mays, one of the forerunners in the civil rights movement, the real one, not the one today, the real civil rights movement of Dr. King, said, it must be borne in mind that the tragedy of life does not lie in not reaching your goal. The tragedy of life is in having no goal to reach. Not failure, but low aim is sin. It is the calamity to die with dreams unfulfilled, but it is the calamity not to dream. Every man and woman is born in the world to do something unique, something distinctive, and if he or she does not do it, it will never be done. It isn't a disgrace to have to reach the stars, but it's a disgrace to have no stars to reach for. Ladies and gentlemen, get back in the fire. Get back in the arena. That's what I do at Like It Matters. Go to likeitmatters.net. I create a safe environment, a fiery furnace, where you can have enough pressure put on you with enough flux that will separate that of you which has great value. And that in you, which has no value, that takes away from your great value. And in 48 hours, when you leave my training, you leave there with that great value shining. And that old crap, the stuff that took away from your great value, is left in the classroom. And you get to go home and be better. Better at everything you do. Better at every relationship you have. Go to likeitmatters.net to find out. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. Blah, 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 lip service, lip service, get out! Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.